the Fire Within Podcast. You need a sustainable plan, the right mindset, and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within. Just like the Phoenix, you can burn your old habits, never turn back, and emerge completely anew. There are no shortcuts. Welcome, Fire Within community. This is the Fire Within Podcast, where we talk about all things health, fitness, and nutrition related. I'm your host, Brandon, with my co-host, Joe. Hello. Hey, how was uh, Florida? It was awesome. Uh, we took a break last week. I went to Universal and Island of Adventure and in Volcano Bay. It wasn't very relaxing, but had a good time. My poor wife's pregnant, so she didn't get to do anything except hold our stuff for four days. So 10 years. Yeah, you're forth. redoing that vacation. Well, the pass is good till December 31st. So we'll see after the baby comes. But she wanted to go to Harry Potter World for 10 years and finally made it. And she can't write anything. And today we have a great guest. We have Mitch Webb in the house with us today. Hey, Mitch. What's up, brother? Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Now tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, what you do. Appreciate the opportunity to come on, first of all. And uh uh, a little bit about myself. I guess last week I was traveling my, uh, as well. I was out in uh, Colorado and Vail doing a little bit of skiing with some buddies out there. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was awesome. First time there, got about eight inches of snow. And I'm still, I'm just now feeling like today, like I've recovered. I think we did three days in a row, six hours each, just like burning it pretty hard. So uh, yeah, I went on vacation too, and I didn't relax as much as, like, like you said. <laughs> I'm a health coach. I call myself a health optimization specialist. Meaning I help clients, I work one-on-one with clients to help them optimize their mindset, their nutrition, their lifestyle, and reach the goals, whatever that may be for them. Yeah. How did you get into this? I've got quite the uh, the health history. I was working in the corporate world and was sick and started to try different things on for size. One of the first lessons I learned was the better I treat my body, the better the things I put into my body, the better I feel. And uh, just slowly started to, to be more passionate about that and realize, you know, I'd I wasn't going to heal in the uh, in the corporate environment and wanted to leave and, and help other people in similar situations as myself with all that I've learned because I, I knew that if I could overcome the health challenges that I was facing, which are, you know, we can get in that too if you want to, that I think anybody could do it. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. What, what were some of the challenges you were facing? So for starters, when I was like nah, 20 years old, I traveled abroad in Europe. And was partying in Germany one night, fell out of a second story window, hit my head, traumatic brain injury, started having panic attacks, developed autoimmune disease, psoriasis about six months later, couldn't sleep, had never knew anything about anxiety or anything like that. Went to the doctor and was telling him like, hey, I don't feel comfortable in, in, in public. I, I get tight chested. I can't sleep at night. I'm just laying there not sleeping. And he wrote down on a piece of paper, you have anxiety. And uh, I'm not a big fan of labels, but I, my subconscious mind took that label in at that time. And from there, it just snowballed. I uh, was placed on medication at that time. I uh, moved into, ultimately after college, moved into a house that had black mold in it, which then developed Lyme disease. When I finally found a functional medicine doctor, also had really high heavy metal toxicity, found out that I had diabetes. I was probably pre-diabetic, so a lot of insulin resistance going on, stuff with the liver, non-alcoholic fatty liver. I had a lot of gut issues. Started to remedy that, fix the diabetes, fix the insulin resistance, the metabolic issues. And that's about the time I became a health coach. And then I was hit by a dump truck in my car, which gave me another traumatic brain injury. A year of a year of post-concussion syndrome that was pretty gnarly. I was very lucky in that situation. And I say it's one of the greatest things that ever happened to me because it, it just caused me to learn more about mindset and understanding how our thoughts shape our reality. 
finally recovered from that. And that's about the time that COVID rolled around. I got COVID before anybody else got COVID, even knew what it was. And I got the long form of it. Lots of debilitating fatigue and mitochondrial issues, like creating energy, ATP, it was a problem. It was placed on testosterone, uh, in, probably incorrectly or inappropriately at the time. They gave me way too much. Caused me to not sleep for two or three months at a time, developed a thyroid issue, uh, reverse T3 issue, placed on thyroid medication. That took another six months of just crazy anxiety. Finally got the hold of that, and then it got COVID again in the long form of it as well. So it destroyed my gut, messed with my energy even more, and literally didn't work out for two years. And I feel like now, literally in the last month or two, I finally starting to feel like myself again. Holy cow. So that's just a, you know, kind of a short story of the, the long last 10 plus years of dealing with some of this stuff. That's nuts. Let's back up to falling out of the window in Europe. Um, and show title idea, getting hit by a dump truck changed my life. Um, just got a touch by an angel, a touch by a dump truck. So you fell out of a, that's crazy. So that's kind of what started this whole snowball. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. What was, how did this happen? What was going on? Uh, well, play by play. Yeah, great call. We, I was in Europe and the World Cup was going on and Germany was playing for third place, I believe. And being 20 years old and a couple months away from being 21, it was first time going to a bar and ordering drinks that were that without a fake ID. And we were partying pretty hard. And I remember sitting on the edge of a windowsill drinking and leaning back and fell two stories and hit my head. Wow. And I'd had a lot of concussions before that, but I knew that when I when I hit my head that time that it was serious. And a lot of times they say go to bed, or excuse me, don't go to bed. Well, I was hanging out with a bunch of 19, 20-year-olds that were just as crazy as I was, and I slept through it, wake up, thought I had a bad hangover, and actually it was very significant. And um, even the the doctor said that the, probably the booze saved my life because it thinned out my blood so much that uh, this type of concussion would have led to seizures and, and strokes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So after this, you think that's where some of the anxiety started to happen? Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it, it altered it, tra trauma. From what I've learned about it since and dealing with clients who have trauma and my own trauma, the trauma gets stored in the body, gets stored in the nervous system, no matter if we're conscious of it or not. And um, it, it comes out and manifests in so many ways. And that's been one of the things that, that I've certainly done on my, my healing journey is working on that. But when we don't, when we're not conscious of it and it's in our nervous system, it, it compromises our health and uh, moving in like black mold may not be necessarily an issue for someone. My wife didn't have any issues with it, but because my nervous system was compromised and I had all this trauma that I'd already um, undertaken, it's like you have a cup, right? And the cup was uh, almost full and that was the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's what frustrates so many people when they talk with integrative specialists, because what could be minor to someone else could be detrimental. It could be that straw that breaks camel's back. Oh, absolutely. And so they go, you know, some people would dumb their nose at black mold. There's mold everywhere, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. But it can significantly alter brain patterns and all kinds of stuff. Now, I don't have a lot of knowledge on concussions and things like that. The only research I ever did was looking into some of Dr. Daniel Amen's study. And then I know he's got a popular book, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, mm -hmm. something like and, that. And a new one, oh, gosh, I'm blanking on it, but it's, it's it's around psychedelics and processing trauma as well. It's really good. Yeah. 
But I, I think he pioneered brain spec imaging mm-hmm. and did a lot of study and research in the NFL on how concussions mm-hmm. were affecting the players long term. Mm-hmm. And one of the most fascinating parts of his research was he can actually see change. He was the, only, the one of the first people to really look at the brain instead of just checking symptoms. Sure. And he would see their entire lobes that looked like Swiss cheese. Like one of the things was there was a couple that got married. They were happily uh, together, he got a job at a furniture factory, and then he became just violently angry, and they couldn't figure out why. But the uh, polyurethane and all the chemicals in the factory had literally eaten holes in a lobe of his brain mm-hmm. and changed his behavior. And um, there's all kinds of instances like that. So when you had your fall, do you think there was a specific lobe that was impacted? No, not that I can tell or, or was ever made aware of. And, and when this happened, I got home and was having anxiety, quote unquote, at the time. I didn't know what that meant. And when I went to the doctor, they were like, you don't have any permanent brain damage or anything like that. But definitely familiar with Dr. Amen, my best friend, and who's also had uh, survived some head injuries, worked with him extensively and did a lot with, even as far as like TBI, one of the things that can really help are ketones, the ketogenic diet. And so what happens a lot of times with the brain is that it can no longer utilize uh, glucose. You have to find an alternate fuel source similar to, you know, Alzheimer's and things like that. And so ketones coming in can be a, a life changer for people who have suffered from TBIs and lower the inflammation in the brain. And that's one of the things that they actually did is showed the spec scans before and after ketones and where he had brain damage from he was a uh, bmx athlete josh perry shout out to josh it showed how the blood the brain worked more normally whenever uh, they were actually using ketones yeah now some people are probably thinking ketones ketogenic diet is are you talking about um, taking supplemental ketones or trying to put yourself into ketosis when they were doing the experiments i'm talking about supplemental ketones okay. uh, but, but both are going to work okay both so- are going to be helpful so I, I've never even looked into supplementing with ketones themselves. How does that work? Okay, so there are two different kinds. There are uh, ketone salts, which are bound to sodium, magnesium, potassium, and calcium. It's usually calcium, all four, but... So like electrolytes. Yeah, exactly. So give you a big... And, and they're actually pleading uh, for minerals whenever you're taking them. Having them bound to electrolytes is good. And then there's also esters, and that's the new thing. And that's the thing that I'm into a whole lot right now. So esters were developed by DARPA, and years ago when they came out, they're just really expensive. They were they didn't have the resources to make them, and now they've found right ways to make them. They raise your blood ketone levels pretty significantly. Where the salts might look like you've been might raise like I guess let's define ketosis. Nutritional ketosis is 0.5 to 3.5 millimole concentration in the blood. And so 0.5 is entry level. And it, most people know about uh, above that is uh, therapeutic ketosis, which is going to be like 3.5 to 7, 8, something like that. And above that is what most people think of when they think of ketosis, which is ketoacidosis. So that's a, a type 1 diabetic disease or issue when both blood sugar and ketones are really high and there's all kinds of negative effects can happen in the body. So these ketone salts are going to raise, say you're at like zero, you might go up to one millimeter. And to put some context around that, if I am eating uh, ketogenically, I can test my blood. It's kind of cool because it's the only diet that's actually that you can confirm whether you're doing it correctly or not with a blood analysis. And so I can say myself that subjectively I feel better when I'm around like one, 1.5. Yeah. And so when somebody gave me ketones for the first time, 
years ago, I actually had fatty liver. So I talked about the prediabetes and I wasn't able to get into a state of ketosis. I would know I wanted to because of all the research around what it does for TBIs. So when I took these ketone salts, it was, it was like amazing. I felt my anxiety went away for the first time in five years. It was amazing. Performance went through the roof. I was able to focus. I felt a lot better. And and I realized like, Hey, there's something here. I want to figure this out. So those are, that's ketone salts. Now when we're talking ketone esters, and I should go back and say the ketone salts last somewhere around like one to three hours. These ketone esters that are coming out by companies like HVMN, um, what's another one? Delta G, and then there's another one um, that I actually tried this weekend. I'm, I'm blanking on them, but they last for three to eight hours, and they're gonna get your you're gonna your blood ketone level is gonna look like you've been fasting from for about three days. What is the mechanism? How do these ketones affect anxiety? Are they doing something with serotonin? What's happening? When you take these, that they can lower anxiety. Yeah, I think they're probably modulating the the brain in, in some sense in the neurochemicals that you're discussing, serotonin, dopamine, that kind of thing. They're also very anti-inflammatory, and, and especially specifically for the brain. So if there's inflammation going on in the brain, then that's it's just it makes you feel a whole lot better to now, reduce uh, that. Now, on that note, could the ketogenic diet help people decrease anxiety? Or oh, absolutely. It, yeah, absolutely. There's so many. If you go to PubMed and just type in ketones, the, the research is out of this world. It, it's amazing from shutting down epileptic seizures to athletes who are exercising that take ketones before they go to bed. It's a, an amazing recovery effect. Like I love uh, stacking ketones with essential amino acids before I go to bed. And it just, even when you're taking it with any protein, carb, um, fat, uh, it, it's going to make it more bioavailable and your body's going to absorb those nutrients on a, on a little bit better. And so it's just enhances recovery focus a lot of people report anxiety and better sleep and so so my initial question was the ketogenic diet versus supplementing with ketones. uh yeah i think both i so think both yeah i think both and, and could even separate from each other they both have a similar effect yeah absolutely okay. and that's what's so cool about them is like these kids that have maybe epileptic seizures that you know don't want to give up the, the food that they love and don't can't conceptualize that, that at their age their mom and dad their parents can give them exogenous so you can endogenously make ketones that's the keto diet or exogenously take uh, a supplement from outside source. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it goes both and both. But if I have clients, that's a good tool for them to do a ketogenic diet, then we can supplement and we can do the diet. It fills in the holes and they fit really nicely together. Yeah. Now, who would ketone supplementation not be good for? I don't think, I don't think they're, I think I like for even in a carbohydrates, uh, when you're eating carbohydrates, I think they're going to be good. If an athlete is just giving you another fuel source. Yeah. It's like an athlete that's, maybe they're taking creatine, they've got additional ATP on board. Maybe they're taking some glucose, which is a performance enhancing drug, in my opinion. And they're taking fat and amino acids to build muscle. They, they can also take ketones for an additional energy source as well. So it's like, and there's all kinds of athletes out there that are breaking records by having this additional fuel source and this in this reduced inflammation state. And when you can tap into your own fat cells via the diet or with taking them su supplementally, I should go back and say, with supplementally taking them, you're not going to tap into your own fat cells. But if you fat adapt your body where you teach it to where it can, you can burn your own fat, now you've got a lot more energy on board. And you're not going to have these bonking yeah. uh, situations. If you want me to go into that, I can talk a little bit more about that. So like a triathlete might hit um, in the middle of their just like, Everything shuts down. Yeah, that's, that's the example I like. Yeah. So if I'm running a race and I'm a sugar burner and I've never, I'm not good at burning my own fat, I'm going to, after about, what, 90 minutes, you're going to hit a wall and you're, you're going to have to refuel. So what's that going to do? We know that when we exercise, the gut has these holes in, that open up called leaky gut. 
and that's why it's called athlete's gut. And so you, now you're throwing down an, uh, an inflammatory glucose Sugar gel, gel or something. that's going to cause all kinds of gut issues. Yeah. Whereas, and, and so you're going to do that every hour. So you're going to cross the finish line with a lot of gut inflammation, likely, likely catabolic because you're probably tapping into some muscle storage by then. But if in a fat adapted athlete, you wake up, you don't have to have fuel. You've got all the, you've got hundreds of thousands of calories on your body. And so what's going to happen is you're going to preferentially burn that body fat and spare the glucose and the lean muscle mass. Maybe you take some essential amino acids during the, the race and yeah. maybe some ketones, which are not inflammatory to the gut. And you're going to be anabolic. You're going to have more energy. And I've experienced this in, in like obstacle course races where I've taken the, the back in the day, these, these esters used to cost a hundred bucks for three of them. And so I wow. remember spring, uh, springing for that. And all my buddies that were doing CrossFit were just like sleep on the way home after a, a Spartan race. And I'm just, I can't quit talking. I got so much energy. <laughs> I'm going nuts because I've, I'm adapted to that. I'm tapped into that energy and I'm just burning through uh, ketones and body that fat. What if a bunch of CrossFitters created like a Deftone cover band called the Ketone? The CrossFit hates <laughs> ketosis, so they would they would never do that. <laughs> yeah. I was just say nonsense. Um, yeah. So so we talked about the traumatic brain injury. We mentioned black mold. Can you talk a little bit more about how that interacts with the nervous system and why that's problematic and of concern? Mm-hmm. And and also maybe ways people could test their house. Does an air doctor good for that kind of stuff? Yeah. How does how does uh, black mold inter- interact with the nervous system? Mm. I don't know that I can answer that. I know that it's a toxin and it really attacks the brain from what I understand. And it's kind of serendipitous the way that it happened for me. As soon as I show up to this functional medicine doctor, thank God I went to functional medicine because the way they treat an allopathic medicine, nothing against it. I think it's a, a wonderful thing in certain sense, situations. They act like uh, Lyme disease and mold, well, mold probably, but Lyme disease more, more so than mold. It doesn't exist. A lot of challenge of that in the allopathic world. And so when I went in there the first time to the functional medicine doctor, they were like, hey, you have symptoms of both mold and Lyme. They over- overlap each other. And I didn't believe that. I lived in a nice house. I was, I was renting it. It was an older house, but it, you know, it looked really good from the, from the outside looking in. I remember them telling me this for six months to a year. And we're trying to figure out what's going on. They think I have cancer and MS and all these different things. And they were running all these tests. And Got a little bit better, but one day I'm leaving there, and, and Dave Asprey, guy that did a Bulletproof Coffee. Yeah, yeah, I lo- uh, love that stuff. Yeah, yeah, he he has a at free at-home mold test, and I said, what the hell, I'm going to try this stuff out. And I go home, and what you want to see is you want to see the same bacteria or, or uh, yeah, spores, bacteria inside the house as outside the house. And so what we saw in my, uh, and, and there should be more outside. There was a whole lot more inside the house uh, yeah. in my house, and so it was the bad kind, and uh, we immediately uh, let our landlord know because we were renting at the time. They moved us out, and they did a really shitty job of of cleaning the house out. And so my symptoms got better immediately. Moved back in. They had basically taken some Clorox and like sprayed some walls and done things like that. And it's a much bigger job to undertake than that. And so I moved back in, started having symptoms right away. And then we eventually called like a, a mold expert. I don't remember the name of them, but we found one. Yeah, I can't remember the name. Kind of like AdvantaClean or something? AdvantaClean, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that might actually have been yeah, the one. John yeah, John O used, used to do that. Yeah, yeah, AdvantaClean. So they came out and they verified everything. And, and then there was a lot of back and forth. They were calling me crazy and telling me it was all in my head. And I started to think to believe that as well. Then one day, I'm I'm actually moving the refrigerator. When I moved the refrigerator, this water shot up out of the floor. And I was, no! I was like, what the hell is that? And I, I started pulling back the layers. And up underneath it was uh, just black mold everywhere. It was up under our kitchen, and then our bed was backed up against it. So it was up under the bedroom as well. So we were sleeping in it. Oh, my goodness. And when we eventually sent the pictures to Clemson University, said it's one of the worst cases of black mold they've ever seen. 
Yeah. They moved us out that night and I started my, a big part of my healing journey, detoxing from the Lyme and the mold and, and yeah. working on the heavy, all the stuff. Now, so. now, typically when you hear Lyme disease, people go, well, I thought you got that from tick bites. Yeah, yeah, I so, do. So, so what's the uh, difference? Well, for me, if you can hear my accent, then I'm, I'm a country boy. So I, I was living in the woods growing up and getting bit by ticks all the time. You don't get Lyme disease from black mold. No. So okay. let me explain that. So yeah. you typically, when you get Lyme disease, you're going to have a, a bullseye rash, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to get bit by a tick and you're going to have a bullseye that comes over top of the area. So for me, I've been bit by ticks my whole life. Yeah. Uh, and my, and from the testing that I did extensively, it showed that I had come in contact with Lyme disease, but my immune system had overcame it. So when I went into this environment that suppressed my immune system, and that's probably what black mold does, it suppresses the immune system and affects the brain. When I moved into that environment, Lyme disease is an opportunistic pathogen. And so it came out, it took over. And so it was suppressed, my immune system had suppressed it, but now my immune system's got other things to deal with. And so the Lyme came out and showed its head. And I had both symptoms of Lyme and mold that, that went back and forth. And so I know with Lyme disease, typically symptoms have a lot to do with fatigue. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the black mold symptoms and, and other things to look for? Both of them are going to overlap. A lot of brain stuff. One thing that I remember significantly was I, lived, I worked and lived in my hometown at that time. And I would drive to work and not know where I was. Wow. And just like the stuff, the anxiety that I had dealt was... At that time, I was on medication and I was almost off of it. And I remember it's like being sucked back into it, but way worse. My memory was terrible. My joints hurt a lot. At that time, working out, I remember doing a workout and then having to lay on ice like the rest of the morning. I thought that was normal. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so a lot of joint pain, a lot of memory issues, more anxiety. And I went from getting my life back at that time and starting to sleep better to not sleeping at all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Just staring awake all night long. And there's a whole nother issue there where I was taking, I was on uh, pharmaceutical medication for sleep and started asking for stronger stuff because that wasn't working. And that's ultimately what made me reach out is like, I was taking handfuls of, you know, benzodiazepine, clodopin, Xanax, and, and nothing was working. I thought I must accept it at that time. That's just how life was going to be. I was just going to take a, a shit ton of Xanax. And it got to the point where that wasn't working anymore. And that scared the crap out of me. And so I went and found a doctor and said, hey, I need you to help me get off these drugs. I'm using them way more than I should. And they were like, dude, you're, you're not, you don't have a drug problem here. There's a deeper issue. And, and that's why I love functional medicine. For those that aren't familiar with it, it's root cause medicine. You pull out the root, pull out the weed. And so... Uh, ultimately, I think that's what I do with my clients is I try to figure out what's the root cause here, get them to someone that can help and you know, do everything that I can from a mental, emotional, nutritional, exercise, lifestyle standpoint. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue into talking about what you do with your clients. What's your approach? What What are some tools and methodologies that you use? And what types of goals do you work with your clients? That's the thing. It's always so hard for me to define this because it's everybody's different, right? There's a million ways to get up the mountain. And, uh, and I'm sure you're aware of that. And it really comes down to the individual. Like I don't have anybody that goes to the program uh, the same way that other people. And when I first, certainly when I first started, you know, it was like a, this 12 steps, like start with week one and we go through 12, week 12. But uh, really I've gotten to be a really good investigator or, or someone that can listen in and say, understand where the client is and where we need to go now. And like I mentioned earlier, the mental emotional side of things is, is something that I'm really interested in. And most people know what they need to do or at least have some idea um, of what they need to do nutritionally or exercise wise. And a lot of them have had experience in the past where they've done really well and they've, but for some reason they keep going back to old lifestyle choices and, you know, gaining the weight, you know, up and down and up and down. And, and every time they go down and, or they do good, they, they go back to old ways and usually they put on more weight because the body gets really good at learning 
the, the gut bacteria in your stomach, and they're constantly learning these uh, these patterns. And so it gets harder and harder to do it. It gets You get more weight loss resistant, and then you get these hormone imbalances. And what I find is that most people know what I'm trying to say is that most people know what they need to do, but there's something, the battle's between your ears. And so we have a process of working with the unconscious mind and, and doing a set of exercises to reveal what's going on for them unconsciously or consciously and uh, really get to the root cause and figure out what baggage are they carrying. Some people carry an acorn sack and other people got the, the, the Santa Claus sack. And it's just really unpacking that stuff. And once we get clear on what we want, who we were, where we want to go, where we currently are, then we can start to re remove some of those old thoughts, beliefs, patterns, attachments that are, that are holding us back from being the person that we really want to be our higher self and uh, get us on the path to creating, um, creating real change. And then once we've done that, like, the, and everybody's going to be different for that. There's so many different ways to, to skin that cat. And once we can get clear on that, remove that baggage, be, be clear on and focused on who we want, we can, we can rewire the brain. We can do things differently. We know that the brain is plastic, that it, it can change. And the more awareness that we can bring into that situation, the more we can become aware of ourselves at such a level that we can catch ourselves being the old self. We can pull up to the stop sign and, and wave at the old self and, and actually make a different choice. And then the, the choices that we need to eat healthy, to exercise, to move more, to, to have the different lifestyle choices, the relationships that we want, that stuff is, is easy. And then it's okay. It, then it's just layers. And I'm a real big fan of what I would call diet variation. So I, I'm never married to one, one diet. And I don't think anybody should be. I, I certainly have been super dogmatic about the way that I eat in the past and was able to reverse insulin resistance with a ketogenic diet and fasting. Does that mean that's all I do? No, I got, I was afraid of carbs at one time. I, I think carbs are great. Like I said earlier, it's a performance enhancing fuel and the seasons change and food availability changes and what works now doesn't work in six months. And it's like you, what you do, you come in and do bench press every single day of the week. No, th thigh master, just the thigh master. <laughs> but, uh, but I like what you said earlier, you call it tools. Mm -hmm. they're, they're all just tools. That's absolutely right. And then you said, maybe it's the right tool for somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing loosely, but, yeah, yeah. but I think that's the best way. They're, they're all tools. You don't always use a hammer for every job, but you mm -hmm. have it. So it's an option. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need a drill instead. Mm -hmm. It's the same way. It can be the same way with diet approaches and things like that based on people's uh, individual problems. Yeah, that's, that's why I, for a while, was really into the keto thing. That's what helped me get out of some serious issues that I was dealing with. But I, I just hate how... I don't hate, but I, I just like people getting dogmatic about the way that they eat and being married to that. And ultimately that's what causes them to go in another direction and have to dig out of another hole because they're so tunnel visioned onto this one way or group that they identify with that they can't see the writing on the wall that there's other options out there and other tools that we should use. And I love what you said about um, using a hammer because I'm, or sometimes we need a feather, right? Because yeah. I'm the type of person that I'm super intense and I, I, if I go in one direction, I'm going to be the best at it and I'm going to do it really intensely when you know, sometimes the basics work and we got to make sure that we understand those before we do some of these higher level dietary approaches. Yeah, absolutely. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not meant to be used as medical advice. Consult your doctor before implementing any health or exercise changes. The Fire Within encourages you to do your own research and aims to spark interest and motivation to a healthier lifestyle. Have you ever felt like you were just throwing weights around like an idiot at the gym, hoping to see some results? Or after weeks or months of working out, notice that the scale just isn't moving? You wouldn't cook without a recipe. So why would you train or start a weight loss program like the Swedish chef randomly throwing ingredients into a pot? You need a sustainable plan that's science-based and attainable. 
Fire Within has worked with thousands of clients and helped them reach their goals. So visit firewithinnf.com today. Get yourself the free ebook, read the testimonials, and choose a service that works for you. Choose from services like one-on-one nutrition coaching, one-on-one personal training, and more. Again, that's firewithinnf.com. So something you've, a year or two ago when I first met you, you talked about some sort of cognitive techniques. I can't remember the word for it. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think I was telling you about mental and emotional release. And, and Maybe it was. It's like unconsciously, it, it's what I was just describing a little bit about being aware of our unconscious patterns that are like, let me give an example of that. And, and like I had, it came to me this past year, we just got done working together and one of the best clients I ever worked with. And, and he had a pattern of up and down and yo-yo dieting. And yeah. he's, I just, I know what to do. I just can't stick with it. And then I'd say, fuck it. And uh, I don't know if I could say. Yeah, you can say, fuck but it. then I'd say, fuck it. And I, I, I go back to where I was and I gained even more than I, when I started. And so I kept telling him, like, we got to do this mental and emotional work. And he's like, this is, I could tell he thought it was bullshit. And believe me, I, I, of all people, I thought this stuff was woo and this is so ridiculous, but now I really embrace it. And I, I've seen it personally work for me and for clients. And so I'm like, look, just do this exercise with me. And, um, he goes home, he's doing the homework and I get a call like in tears and a couple of weeks or a couple of days, a couple of weeks later, I can't remember how long it was, but man, just, I just had this epiphany. He's like, I know why. I keep doing this pattern over and over again. And so what had happened was that when he was a kid, he, he gets really sick. And so he was stuck in a, he described it like a Jeep Wrangler, like plastic all around him in the hospital. And he's, his family's on the outside and he's like, I don't know, eight, 10 years old, something like that. And he's got to spend time in this thing and saw himself as, is like very fragile. And they told him like, Hey, don't exercise. It's not good for you. You got asthma. Don't do this. It's not good for you. You got asthma. And then ultimately what happened was when he moved out when he was 18 years old, kind of find out his dad was, was smoking and he had secondhand smoke and it was affecting his lungs. And so he was not in that environment. Like when I wasn't in that black mold environment, he was able to thrive. He was no longer in that negative yeah. environment. And we can go talk about environment on and on. But so he realized that he took that as exercise and being healthy is not safe. And so when we have a safety issue, that's a core need on Maslow's hierarchy. Yeah. And so Every time that he embraced this healthy lifestyle, and we know that's what it is. It's a lifestyle. It's not a, it's not a 30 day plan or a 90 day plan. And ultimately you got to make it work for you. So when he would do that, his subconscious just rejected that and said, no, we don't want to be healthy because it's not safe for us. And so we did a, a process to help him get past that and remove that so that he could go back and, and relearn a different learning. That's, yeah. a, that's an incorrect learning. There's no good or bad. It's just maybe it's inappropriate for that situation. And for his goals going forward. And so once we identified that and moved past that, this dude's crushing it. Like he's 50, 60 pounds down. And that was a, was a big part. And, and so that was one of the first clients that I was working with at the time that when I started doing this stuff and I'm really embracing that and seeing, wow, this is amazing. This is really cool stuff. Yeah. And so that's what I mean by the battle between the ears, like the, the baggage that we need to let go of to, to really create lasting and real change. Yeah. Getting down to that root, like you said. Mm-hmm. And you talk about environment and uh, I talk a lot about uh, epigenetics. And so just a quick summary, if people haven't been listening to this show, I'm sure we've brought it up in 50 episodes, but, <laughs> but uh, there's a protein coating around your gene uh, and that reads its environment. And depending on the environment determines whether or not that gene will turn on or off. So whether that's a, a gene for asthma, for dementia, for Alzheimer's, all that stuff. So if your environment 
it's not just physical, it's also mental and emotional. Because we can physically do a blood reading and see a change in cortisol and norepinephrine and all kinds of hormones just based on your thinking patterns. So people that are afraid to embrace these thought activities and think it's too woo-woo, that's a big mess. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because there's a physical, measurable, physiological change in your bloodstream and your body and your muscles tensing up that affects everything, your nervous system, your recovery, your eating patterns. And it does make a difference and it is important. I love that you said that. I I think uh, Bruce Lipton, that one of you guys? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I love Dr. Yeah. uh, What's what's his, we need to do a shout out for his book. Biology of belief. Yeah. We, at a core level, we are protein, we are amino acids and energy. And it's uh, three things that cause traumas, dis-ease in the body, which is trauma, toxins, and thoughts. Yeah. And so if reading that book was a, a breakthrough for me and understanding that you're going back to the mental emotional that, yeah, I've been through trauma. Yeah, I've been in toxins. I'm not in those anymore, but the thoughts are still there. And so that was one big part of my journey is that realizing like the thoughts that I have every day are making me a victim. And so it, it comes down to my perception of the environment that I'm in. If I think that I'm in an unsafe place consciously or unconsciously, then it's going to manifest in my, and it's going to show up in my, my reality. And it's going to turn on those genes that, you know, we are not our genes. That's what he talks about. That it's just like a, a blueprint for the way that you can express. It's just a, a possibility. But when that, when that perception is off or negative, then it's going to manifest in the negative and you're going to get the chronic diseases that people get. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're a good example of that whole idea of epigenetics. And once you removed those barriers, got away from the black mold, started giving your body what, what it needed, you're able to come anxiety, brain injury, all these other things. And, and now you're skiing six hours, three times in a week. Yeah, yeah man, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, anything's possible. And it's been a journey. It's definitely not linear. I want to make people aware that it's, I've had some tough times and I've been up and down and I still have bad days now. I'm not going to act like that's not part of my life. There is no failure. It's only feedback. And right. so when we can understand that and we can appreciate the, the small wins and, and be present in the moment instead of being focused on what we don't have and, and stay focused on what we do want and, and figuring out what can I do today? You know, it's, it's one step at a time. And, and these small wins, they, they add up to a, a big victory and it's, you're never done. That's what I tell my clients. It's a lifestyle and you're constantly learning and healing and learning more about yourself and overcoming these these challenges, whatever they may be. Now, the last question I ask every guest, if somebody was looking to make a positive change in their life, what are the top three things you would tell them? Trying to make a positive change in their health. Or mindset or whatever. I would say move more. So move your body. Exercise is great. When you're ready for it, most people just sit at desks these days, poor posture. And if you think about it, we're, we're sitting 20 hours plus. You're laying in bed all night. You're sitting for your meals. You're driving in traffic. You're sitting at the office. And so if we can shoot for maybe 10,000 steps a day and try to move every hour, even standing is great. But mix it up. Moving more throughout the day is a big one. So that'd be number one. Yeah. Number two, in our day and age, we've got nothing but uh, hyper-palliative foods that we would want to overconsume, and there's food availability on every corner, and I would say eat real. If it's got five ingredients or more, if it comes in a package, maybe shop the outside of the the grocery store, get those vegetables and fruits, and I'm a big fan of high-quality, grass-fed, pasture-raised meats and things like that. Eat real food, make protein a priority, and then number three. Buy a thigh master. 
No, no, no. <laughs> I love it. You took the words right out of my mouth. I, I was, I would say, love yourself, man. Like uh, that, that was a big part of my journey. Is there's so many times when, I, like I mentioned, the ups and the downs, and even with this, there's so many times where I thought I was done with this journey, and then I get hit in the face again, and I learned that I, I really was hard on myself for that, for what I wasn't able to do, the things that I loved that I had to put on hold, whether that's spending time with friends or I didn't exercise for two years with this you know, COVID stuff, but just getting back into it. And I'm working through this daily right now. We talked about this the other week at an event that you got to celebrate those small wins. You got to love yourself for showing up. Maybe that's just getting out of bed some days. Maybe that's acknowledging that you're tired and, and uh, canceling your schedule that day. So you got to love yourself no matter where you're at. And I think that's the ultimate journey for, for so many people that are on this healing journey is just self-love. Yeah, man. Oh, that's great, great information. If somebody wanted to contact you or if they were interested in your services or anything like that, how would they find you? My website is MitchWebb.com. I'm on Instagram, KMitchWebb, Facebook, MitchWebb, LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we really appreciate you coming by. And listeners, if, if you found any value in this episode, please leave us a five-star review. It helps people find the show. We get written in all the time that it is making a difference for people. So that's a great way to support us. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, go check us out at firewithinnf.com and sign up for Refuel, a weekly email with recipes, videos, and tips to stoke the fire within. Also, you can join the Fire Within community by being added to our Facebook group. And don't forget to follow us on social media.